Welcome to the Healthy Podcast presented by Melrose Wakefield Hospital. My name is Rob Branya and I am pleased to welcome today's guests, Jen Sturdivant, who is Ambulatory Services Supervisor and Athletic Training Coordinator at Melrose Wakefield Hospital, and Tracy Rochester, who is Senior Physical Therapist specializing in vestibular rehab at Melrose Wakefield Hospital. Thank you both for being here and welcome to the Healthy Podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Today we're going to talk about concussions, the causes, symptoms, treatments, and prevention. Each year in the U.S. it's estimated that between one and a half and three and a half million people are diagnosed with concussions, although the number of undiagnosed concussions could be much higher. With so much attention given to sports concussions recently, we may tend to forget that many concussions are actually associated away from sports with such things as falls and car accidents. So I look to both of you today to open this discussion. Um, what are we seeing out there and uh, when it comes to concussions, and what are your observations? Jen? I'll start. I mean, we're, we are in the middle of football season at the high school right now. So just to um, clarify, uh, Melrose Wakefield Hospital has outreach athletic training contracts with a lot of local various high schools where we have athletic trainers at. And um, athletic trainers are really kind of su- subject matter experts when it comes to sport-related concussions. Um, and, you know, we're seeing a lot more awareness, a lot more education around how to recognize a concussion, um, you know, how to really assess and, and make sure that, you know, we're keeping these athletes safe and, and then how to best manage that concussion and make sure that we're returning them um, as safely as possible and not too soon, um, you know, so as not to risk another further injury. Okay. So um, as an athletic trainer, you're sort of first on the scene. Um, you're seeing mm-hmm. th- these people before they even see a doctor for Correct. the most part. Um, and Tracy, you're seeing people a little bit further down the road. Um, so they've already had a diagnosis, and they're coming to you more as part of the treatment process, correct? Um, so what are you seeing at that point? So I'm seeing as a physical therapist in an outpatient department, I'm seeing the person who isn't recovering in a week, in two weeks. You know, they see the primary care physician or they've gone to the emergency room, has that diagnosis. But a week, two weeks later, they're not returning to what their prior level of function is and how do we manage the symptoms that they are having because concussions can be very variable as to what symptoms one person will have may be completely different than what someone will have otherwise as to what's related. So tell us a little bit how you get involved into the process. Um, by the Again, by the time you see somebody, they've already been seeing probably a, a multi-specialty group of providers who are all looking at them for different things. And then they, then they get to you. Um, so what are you looking for and, and what do you look, what's the ultimate goal? So for anyone who's coming to physical therapy, our goal is return to prior level of function. So it depends on what the person was doing prior. For sports-related concussions, you're normally looking at um, a younger athlete 
you know, school-based. So it's, can you go back to class? Like you have to be able to do, you know, the reading, writing, arithmetic sort of thing, but then it's the return to sports. So are they having problems, um, concussions, whether fall or, you know, it's a head injury. So neck pain is a huge thing that we'll see somebody for, for physical therapy. Um, Balance can be affected. And then depending if it's that younger person, it's higher level balance. Can you balance on one foot and throw a ball and turn and twist um, older individuals if it's a slip and fall on the ice it's you know if my vision is impaired am I feeling like the world's spinning or am I falling down that way so that's kind of where we'll play a role for physical therapy interesting and um, getting back to you for a minute Jen um, so as an athletic trainer again you're first on the scene so what are you thinking when you see a hit out there or or you see somebody just fall you know it could be a track athlete it could be cheerleading it, it it could be any number of things and somebody inadvertently gets an elbow or something like that so what do you see what are you thinking what are you looking for when you run in to assess that that young athlete yeah, so that's a great point, Rob, to point out that it's obviously not just contact sports where these things can happen um you know clearly football is one of the you know biggest risk um, sports in terms of concussions. But really, you know, when we see somebody take a a pretty intense hit, it can be a blow to the head. It can be a jolt. It could be somebody where somebody landed hard on the floor, on their their butt, really, and it sent a vibration up and kind of shook, you know, and sent that vibration right up to the brain. So it's not necessarily just a hit to the head. So we, we always try to assess the whole scene see what happened, and that's obviously the first thing we're going to look for is do basically a sideline assessment for concussions. It's it's fairly quick, but, you know, you look for any of the red flags first. Um, are they disoriented? Do they have memory loss? Are they conscious? You know, like if they're lying on the ground, are they alert? Are they awake? Are they able to, you know, verbally respond? Um, we'll check their eyes. We'll check their pupils, make sure those are equal reactive to light um you know we look for those red flags first to make sure that there's not something that might need an emergency response um and then beyond that it's kind of like what tracy said it's just you know making sure that they can tell me you know the months of the year making sure that they can remember basic words um after so many minutes testing out doing a sideline balance assessment and seeing how that might compare to how they were before um just some quick you know, concentration questions and orientation questions um, to make sure that they're able to respond in an efficient manner. And then, you know, at that point, we remove them from play um, and we'll sit them because sometimes concussion symptoms can take hours to appear. Sometimes they can even take days. And so that's why it's really important for us as those first responders on the sideline to make sure that they're not going back onto the field of play um, you know, until they've been monitored for a certain a, a period of time to make sure that we're not missing anything. And I, I think it's a great point that you make that, you know, it could take some time for things to evolve. And, of course, every patient is different, right? Correct. And it's interesting that you were mentioning a lot of the same types of symptoms that Tracy mentioned, and she's seeing these patients a lot further down the road. Mm-hmm. Um, so some of those things that may show up instantaneously also linger 
Um, Correct. And, and yeah. I, I don't know if Tracy want to. Yeah. And it depends on what stays and what doesn't. So maybe the um, headache disappears sooner, but that balance stays off. Um, and the concentration, if you give the certain amount of words to remember and that's all they have to focus on, they're able to maintain it. But if you also ask them to do something else for 20 minutes that involves concentration that they then can't remember it. So mine's definitely the longer term what lingers because if you only give, for most of us, if you give me one task, I can manage it. If you give me six tasks, one of them, if my brain is already limited and impaired at that point, it's harder to do. And it's interesting because years ago as I was growing up, you know, it it was – a similar response to say, oh, you got your bell rung, you know, w- whether it's a sports situation or even, you know, just fall. I remember as a young kid playing on the beach, I was climbing on a wet rock and I fell and I hit my head. And I just remember thinking this is very different from anything else I've ever felt in my life. Yep. <laughs> and it, it feels like from what you're both describing that the science has really evolved. And we're really sort of taking things to the next level and thinking about how this plays out over time. Yes. And I think the important thing to remember is that a concussion is not a structural injury. So a lot of times people do rush to the emergency room. Obviously, if again, if there's any red flags where you suspect a potential brain bleed or something like that, that's different. Um, but a concussion in and of itself will not show up on an MRI. It will not show up on a CAT scan or anything. And so um, you don't want people to assume that because those scans come back clear that that means they don't have a head injury. It's not. It's a metabolic injury, really. Um, what happens when a concussion occurs is the blood flow to the brain decreases by half of what you normally, and that's where really a lot of the re- and all the chemicals that are needed for the brain to function um, are decreased. The levels are changed, and so that's when you end up with these symptoms. And depending on what part of the brain was injured depends on potentially what symptoms you might have. Um, And some symptoms do. They resolve within, some symptoms resolve within hours. Some resolve within minutes. But the brain takes longer than that for it to fully recover and and get back to the levels of blood flow um, and the chemicals that are needed in order to function at its best. And Tracy, you have a specialty in vestibular rehab. Can you tell us a little bit about what that entails? Yeah, so vestibular rehab is, I think the best way to describe it, some people will already know, it's it's treating vertigo or other dizziness um, dysfunctions. There's a lot of different categories that you'll have, but I think the easiest for most people to know, you know, I think everybody has someone who's had vertigo. You turn to one side and the entire world is spinning, which is probably one of the worst feelings for people to come in. Um, Most times for that scenario, that's the patient that's going directly to the emergency room because now the number of things that go through your head that make you think that that's a harder thing or a more involved um, diagnosis is, is critical on that. But besides that, that type of vertigo, there are certain maneuvers and positionings where we, I reposition the patient to get that Uh, vertigo is because of the crystals in your ear being stuck in the wrong spot. I almost always will tell patients I kind of shake you in the wrong position so they go back where they should be. Um, 
I get great success with that type of patient because it's a there's a maneuver, you fix it, they feel like a million bucks afterwards. The longer term dizziness and vestibular problem that lingers that can be based from a concussion, can be based from eye strain. I had someone who it was from doing too much um, virtual reality um, and then had this prolonged, always still feeling like they're on a boat. So with vestibular rehab, you're working on modification. So is that making sure that when you're doing activities, you're keeping your eyes on the horizon? Are you working on kind of stressing the vestibular uh, system? So having to go quick either head movements and seeing if you feel dizzy. And so you stress it a little, you pull it back. You stress it a little and pull it back. Um, Vestibular rehab is similar to concussions and there isn't a great timeline. Broken bones, it's easy. You take a second x-ray, you tell them six to eight weeks. If you're not a great healer because of other comorbidities, maybe it's 10 to 12. Head there's certain things don't give you a timeline, which is a frustrating thing. You wanted it to be better yesterday and you want someone to tell you when it's going to be better. Um, it's really fascinating. And I understand that long-term COVID um, is using a lot of um, physical therapy as treatment. Is this a similar situation? It can be. So right now we don't have, obviously COVID long-term COVID, any kind of recovery on that is very fluid at this point because we don't have research. So we can't give uh, what's worked or what's not. So with any of it, you're treating whatever the symptom is that that patient has. I've had patients with long-term COVID that do have more of that balance that have difficulty concentrating, the the focus, the um, headaches, the eye strain, all of those things can play a role. You have others that have just overall weakness. So you're dealing more with the cardiovascular function and and that kind of idea. So it can be overlapping or or consistent. Um, So Jen, I want to get back to sports concussions for a minute. And um, I'm thinking about parents of kids in sports, um, as well as you know, the weekend warriors. So the folks who don't have a lot of experience with, um, you know, such as a professional athlete. Um, as an athletic trainer, um, what's your advice to those patients or those sort of middle-aged touch football folks uh, who are out there? What is their prevention? Are, are there things that people should be thinking about? Well, my first piece of advice would become friendly with an athletic trainer. <laughs> Um, but I would say, you know, concussions, you can do a lot to try to prevent them, but they're not preventable. You know, there's, like I said, there's so many different factors involved. Um, you know, people seem to think, well, the helmets need to change. Maybe if you add more padding, helmets are really designed to protect you from a skull fracture. Um, so again, like a concussion can occur if you, you know, have a whiplash type of injury because your head was, you know, moved back and forth um, in a really, you know, hard, intense, um, quick motion or, you know, even side to side or rotated. And so I, I would say it's just, um, you know, the best thing you can do is make sure if you do think you potentially have one um, is to make sure that you treat it right. Right. 
you know, if it's managed correctly, you should not, you know, see any long-term effects from that. But if it's not managed correctly and you go back to a certain activity and you sustain another potential head injury, um, that could be detrimental to your, you know, your future um, health for sure. So I think it's just being aware, um, you know, trying to stay as strong and coordinated uh, as you can, but you can't always control what anybody else is doing. And so I think, you know, one one analogy I like to use, um, because you, you hear it a lot, people say, well, they didn't get hit in the head. There's no way they have a concussion. And so this is what I say. Think of your brain as the egg yolk, right? So you think of an egg and it's a hard shell on the outside. That's your skull. And so your brain kind of sits in a little bit of fluid on the inside of that shell. And so when you shake an egg, what do you hear? You hear the yolk banging on the inside. And that's what a what happens when a concussion happens is your head moves around so rapidly and so intensely, um, the brain moves on the inside. And when it hits up against the skull, that's when you could sustain the concussion. And so, um, you know, it's a good analogy to kind of keep in mind to know that, again, that's why helmets don't necessarily prevent them. Um, you can try to work on neck strengthening. Um, a lot of times that has been potentially shown to reduce the risk, especially if you get hit like in the, you know, the upper body and not necessarily the head. Um, So you can reduce that kind of whiplash type of injury. Um, But it's really just being aware of the symptoms, managing it correctly and making sure you, you get assessed by the appropriate, you know, medical professional. And um, just as a follow-up to that, uh, for parents of young athletes, um, Tell us about the importance of baselines. Great question. So we do, um, most high schools, if they have an athletic trainer especially, um, there's different programs that we can use to do uh, baseline testing. Um, So at the high school I'm at, we do baseline testing for all our athletes. And essentially it's a way to get um, an assessment of a student-athlete and get scores on how they're able to function in certain categories. So, for instance, in at our school, we test their balance, we test their memory, their um, reaction time, and their impulse control. And that gives us a way to then go back and say, okay, we think you might, this person might have a head injury. Let's retest them using the same testing program, and we can compare their scores so that it gives us another tool to say, you know, we can't see, we can't, you know, tell. They might not even be able to feel that, you know, they're having trouble with their memory. They might not even really identify that. Um, But when they go to retake this test, you can see if there's a big difference between their baseline scores um, and their post-test scores. But we don't base it all on just that. You know, there's a lot of other factors, obviously symptom monitoring, um, you know, and, and along with this stuff and just kind of really we see the student athlete every day we're monitoring their progress um you know monitoring their schooling just as tracy had mentioned that's a big you know are they able to get through school full day are they able to there's sometimes there's certain classes that give them more trouble than others whether it's math or science or you know obviously we'll keep them out of phys ed um, while they can't do physical activity at the moment. So, um, you know, it's just 
we do a lot of that stuff. But baselines to me are a great tool if we can have them for somebody. It just gives us more ability to be able to accurately um, assess. Okay, great. Um, this has been a great conversation, and unfortunately we are nearing the end of our time. But um, I just want to ask you each um, last thoughts or, or things that are important takeaways for people uh, on this uh, topic. Um, so for kind of on the physical therapy side, if I guess talking back to that, like parent of the young athlete or kind of one of the things we didn't talk about is how concussions can also happen from like car accidents. So as Jen said, that, that picture of the egg shaking, it's the whiplash of the car accident. So that doesn't mean you had to have hit your head against the steering wheel. You know, I've had patients that it's, they're the passenger they're in the back seat and they can have it um but they have shown some research um more recently there again not a ton on that vestibular rehab if somebody has symptoms they found that um, you can return back to that prior level of function sooner with that versus a control um you know on that so if you're having symptoms if that parent's seen something it, more the if you see something say something advocate to get the right treatment not just kind of wait for it to go away there probably are things that can help manage the symptoms get them to feel better but don't rush back to something i think at least how i will try to get it is that there'll be another year for whatever the sport or whatever the activity is but you hopefully have many more years that you're going to need everything functioning well. So it's it's a tough thing to say. They can't finish X, but sometimes you have to look at the bigger picture. That's a great point. And Jen, any last thoughts? Yeah, I would say just to kind of go along with what Tracy just mentioned is, you know, we really, you know, it, we don't want to keep kids out that, you know, as an athletic trainer, that's the worst thing is we want to, you know, have to tell somebody that they have an injury um, and especially a head injury. And so it's really just... But trusting that the medical professionals know, you know, that we're managing this correctly and that we're ultimately just really thinking about the safety of your student athlete and, and making sure that they don't have long-term effects and that they return safely um, to school, to play, um, you know, and it's better to miss, you know, what do they say? It's better to miss one game than the whole season or the rest of your life, you know. So, you know, it's just an important takeaway point. Great. Um, thank you both for this really important discussion today. Um, Jen Sturdivant and Tracy Rochester, uh, you've been great guests, uh, so thank you for that. Um, if you enjoyed listening to today's podcast, have feedback for us, or want to suggest future topics, please drop us a note at community at melrosewakefield.org. The Healthy Podcast is co-produced by Melrose Wakefield Hospital and Wakefield Community Access Television. For more information, listings on community events, or to find a doctor, visit melrosewakefield.org. All content heard on the Healthy Podcast was created for informational purposes only. This content is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or qualified provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. 